This is Colin Baker speaking, the sixth doctor. But you, you are the lucky ones because you are traveling the vortex. as his planet tries to join the Federation and arrive at episode number 232. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Space, the final frontier. These are the continuing voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. I just felt like you needed to do it since that's kind of your genre. So That was the Spock version. <laughs> I liked it. Thank you. You did a very good job. Gruff version. <clears throat> How are you guys? Good. I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. Me too. I'm good. I'm not tired. I'm just good. Just good? Just good. Good and tired? Good and tired. No, just good. Not overly tired. Fine. I've been fine. I've been dandy. Never <laughs> fine and dandy. Once on a Tuesday. I think I was fine and dandy. Nobody asked me. Did you guys have a good week? I did. Mostly. Kind <laughs> 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 of had a good week, and then had a not-so-good week, and then had a pretty good weekend. So. What would you do, Sean? Get the bad news out of the way first. Um, we were uh, meeting up with some friends Thursday night. We were going to go see Jurassic Park in Lawrence. They were doing an outdoor film, you know, come have dinner on Mass Street and uh, vendors and this and that and the other thing. and uh, You know, Jurassic Park on a... I assume, screen of some sort out in front of the library. And we thought, yeah! And very quickly got information that, no, it's going to rain. <laughs> Which Not just going to rain, it's going to storm. For those of you who have lived here in the Midwest <laughs> with us, it's rained a lot. Uh, I've started construction on an arc uh, in the backyard <laughs> because... Uh, What's a cubit? <laughs> 30 cubit. What's a cubit? <laughs> How long can you tread water? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Just hedging my bets a little bit, you know. But um, So we instead decided, well, we'll go out to eat, and then we'll come back here and watch Jurassic Park. And so the kids went downstairs because we were all going to be up here. And uh, I don't know. We got just to the point where Nedry was, uh, uh, you know, absconding with the eggs in the middle of the hurricane when uh, Katrina comes upstairs and says, Grandma, I step in water. And we for, were for like, the record, it was probably storming here as heavy as it is in Jurassic Park. Yeah, like you couldn't tell. <laughs> or heavier. You turn the surround sound off and it's still going. <laughs> and, but we kind of went, yeah, okay, whatever. And then something triggered that alarm bell in Mel's head, and she went downstairs and stepped on a wet carpet. <laughs> it was like, oh. So we came running downstairs and started yanking all the computer equipment and unplugging everything. And Billy and I went outside and... The yard was flooded. There's so much standing water because there's just nowhere else for it to go. And it was filling up the window well. Like you could literally see it in the window well. So I'm out there in my Dennis Nedry, you know, <laughs> little, little hooded thing with a bucket and, a, you know, bailing out my window well and trying to get water out of the yard. And all I can think of is, you could do it. You could do it, Dennis. You're almost there. You still got time. <laughs> Save the equipment. And then I was attacked by a Dilophosaurus, and the rest of the weekend kind of sucked. <laughs> but uh, no, we, we, we got everything aired out, spent all of Thursday night um, into Friday morning dealing with that. And 
had fans going and rented a rug doctor and sucked all the water out of the basement and just, you know, had to move all the furniture and all the things. The only thing we think at this point that we actually lost is some of the artwork that we bought at a couple of different cons <gasps> was all sitting in various stages of framed, to be framed, needs a bigger frame, blah, blah, blah. And it was all kind of sitting right there at the base of the stuff. And some of it did get wet. Oh, no. Um, but we're hoping that it'll kind of dry out and be okay. So mm. I don't That's think awesome. any of it was ruined, but definitely... If we got some water really? on it. You didn't have a lot more damage. Oh, yeah. It could have been horrible. I could have lost computers and, you know, books. And and, Xbox and TV know, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So uh, so that was the Friday. Did then. you have any water in your basement? We didn't. We I was going to call you. How's you, your basement? So Actually, it's our basement was a lot better than it has been. <laughs> the Cleaning the gutters really made a huge difference. And I'm pretty sure now all the water that's coming into our basement is just because the Soil is so oversaturated, yeah, that's seeping what's, through the that's what foundation. What happened for a lot of people is it's just coming in through the and foundation. I, I can see a bunch of tiny little holes of where it's like just seeping through. So I don't know if I need to reseal the foundation in the basement or patch, fix it, or just hope it doesn't rain anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're supposed it's, to get more on Thursday. It's, it's going to be a long, long time coming. But compared to when I went and looked at the house with. Uh, Sarah's parents and my dad and, uh, and my stepmom, and there was a lot of water, and that was a couple days after a heavy rain. To it was downpouring, and there wasn't a whole lot of water in our basement, just a little bit. It's made it's been a huge improvement over everything that's been done on it. So we're feeling pretty lucky so far. Well, that's good news. Yeah, yeah. There's still some gutter stuff I need to take care of, but relocating them more than anything else. Because one comes straight down. Because there's a window well and gutter on either side. You're talking about a downspout. Yeah, a downspout on either side, yeah. And it's right at the driveway. So you can't extend the downspout. I've got to turn one and bury it, or just turn one. And then the other one, I'm going to try to string up somehow, figure out how to attach it to my carport and take it across the carport and down to the other side of the driveway. I think it's going to be the best way to solve it. More gutter. <laughs> More gutter. <laughs> what else did you show? Um, that was Thursday. Um, worked Friday. Had a <laughs> disastrous Friday night. Who Friday night? <laughs> because of all of that, came home and you know the internet hadn't been plugged back in and had to put all the equipment back together and all that. And finally got through that and then couldn't find my copy of the two doctors because I thought maybe it had been relocated somewhere else. And so we panicked. But we did. What had been. It had been relocated, <laughs> been relocated to my house. Not anywhere near where I thought it had been relocated to. Um, it was stolen. <laughs> I didn't steal it. You loaned it to me. I just neglected to remember this week that you needed it back. Well, and I neglected to remember that I had loaned it to you. So, Loan what to me? <laughs> See? <laughs> yes, have some. So that was a bit of an adventure Friday night. And then uh, Saturday we left. Uh, Mel and I took off early and went down to Kansas City. And uh, we uh, just had you know, kind of a, a date weekend. We got a hotel and then went to a concert and uh, saw Huey Lewis in the News at the Sprint Center, which was awesome. And uh, when we stuck around for the free Jimmy Buffett concert that happened afterwards, <laughs> uh, Huey was the opening act. But um, I like Jimmy Buffett, like I said. I just I, this, You can explain this to me because you're more of a, a buffet fan than I am. <laughs> I genuinely, I mean, like I said, I get it. He, he embraces that island mystique. 
and that's cool, and people really gravitate toward that. But I really kind of feel like he's just a varying shade of Weird Al in some regards, because all of all of his songs are like, you know, it's the guy sitting on a beach, and he looked up, and he went, tree. I could write a song about a tree. <laughs> what do I write about the palm tree? No. Coconuts! Yeah! And so he wrote a song about coconuts. And, and, you know, well, look, there's a shark out there in the water. Fins. Yeah, okay. How is that any different than, I mean, Cheeseburger it's, in Paradise is Weird Al singing Eat It. It's the yeah, same it's, thing. Well, <laughs> but Jimmy gets airplay and Weird Al doesn't. It's not as parody-ish as Weird no, Al. No, but it's I still mean, a novelty can, song. Weird Al, yeah, you know? It is novelty, but Weird Al can take situations and make them really funny, whereas I think Jimmy Buffett's are more observational. And I think Jimmy Buffett's the everyman. Yeah, that, that's true. that that everybody can associate with and want to be because of the island life that he live, lives. So I think that's what people gravitate to is the fact that, you know, I'm, if I'm stuck in mid-America with no ocean, you know, within 500,000 miles from me. Okay, not that many, but 500 miles from Showcasing me. Showcasing <laughs> our knowledge of geography. 500 miles from me, you know, I can live vicariously through his music, and I think that's what appeals to a lot of people. And again, he's the everyman. He's not he he's not out there singing about you know the riches of life, and he's not out there singing about poverty or unfairness or anything like that. He's singing about trees, and he's <laughs> given the flavor of the beach. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and it's it's that whole laid back island life that I think people they want to experience that as well. Yeah, I was really shocked at the the the, the wide variety. Like I said, I, I fully expected to see older people at this concert because you know, Jimmy's been around for ever um i remember listening to him as my growing up with my dad was a huge fan um but um there were a lot of young kids there a lot of 20 year olds a lot of just you know and the I, music's I, timeless too I mean, it really it is it, I, it just date itself it just shocked me i did not expect that at all but um so like i said we had a good time with that and then uh we went and met up with some friends for some of the uh, pride festivities that were going on uh that weekend in kansas city Oh. And uh, exhausted ourselves, got back to the hotel, <laughs> crashed, <and laughs> got up the next day. And um, we talked about maybe doing a movie, maybe going to um, maybe see San Andreas did you go or something. See did see, you go see a movie? I didn't go then see Then why movie. are you talking about talking about going to well, see a movie? Well, because instead we went to Ikea. Oh, okay. Oh, what did you uh, think of Ikea? Eh. If I had a house that needed furniture, <laughs> I think it'd be really cool. We went and kind of did the same thing. We took the Glen tour, parked downstairs, rode up the escalator, and walked you know all the way through the showroom and everything. And, you know, they've got some re- some really cool lamps. I will say the lamp, the one yeah. that you pull the rope and the thing expands. It looks like one of those uh, what are those called? Chinese lanterns. Well, it's it looks more like a geometric one of those. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, ball. The, the uh, what do they call it? Something helix. Uh, Oh, oh, yeah. You open yeah. them, you open yeah. them up, and it's all the it's, They had a lamp that did that. And you pull the other thing, and it closed down, and it looked like the Death Star. And you pull it, and it opened back up. Again. It was so cool. Yeah. But, you know, other, I have enough furniture. There was nothing there that I really went, oh, my God, this is the best store ever. You know. <laughs> you? Even moving into a That's house. More of the, well, the downside of Ikea is it's so, for for me at least, it's it's so very modern furniture. It is very it's modern very furniture. modern furniture, or whatever you, however you want to call it. And it won't fit in my house. There's a lot of retro in there too. There's a lot of retro '70s. St- you know, it would look good in a you know paneled basement yeah. room with yeah. '70s retro yeah. look. And so I, I like perfect that. in my face. <laughs> it'll go perfect in your house. I like <laughs> not, that not, look not, a lot. Hardly any of that would look good with my hardwood floors. Yeah, I like that look a lot. But I've got. The thing about IKEA well is you don't go there to look at the furniture. You go there just for the experience. That it's it's well, such a different it's, different atmosphere is a different style of shopping 
and it's a it's a it's furniture that if you need it, it's a bit more affordable too. Yeah, you have to put yeah. it together yourself, but it's more affordable. Yeah, that's why it's more. <laughs> that's why it's more affordable. <laughs> Take it home in a box. They don't even deliver it for you. You gotta, you know, you gotta throw it in the back of your whatever you brought. Pull it off the shelf yourself. But yeah, so we did that and then came home and um, we we did find while we were there what we are enjoying tonight our uh, our British food item of the week. Even though I don't know if it's truly it's British, British or not, uh, it's British. It's in my British mind. inspired. It's inspired, obviously, by Harry Potter. Is flying cauldron. Butterscotch beer, non-alcoholic. It's delicious. It is a butterscotch cream soda, um, and I cannot figure out where this is actually made or bottled at. That's what I was just looking for. No, I believe that, uh, L.A., California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get any more English than that <laughs> from the fine folks in L.A. Um, and this is it's it's 100% natural, gluten-free, dairy-free. It's good. delicious. It's good. That ends this commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it promotes that on this somewhere I saw. Hold on. I'm trying to find it again. You could do far worse than to get yourself a bottle of flying cauldron butterscotch today? brew. Some people. Cream soda with, I guess cream soda would imply, imply that maybe there's dairy in it. Yeah, right down here. Gluten-free, dairy-free, GMO-free. Oh, I looked at gluten-free and thought it said chicken-free. I was like, well, it's, it's that, too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's chicken. Well, it might not be chicken-free. I don't know. 100% natural. So yeah, yeah we still, found this at a natural grocery store. still doesn't rule out chickens. <laughs> so, it doesn't um, rule out arsenic, either, because that's natural. <laughs> anyway. I, it's I, delicious, I, it's, John. It's, Thank it's, you for it sharing is, it. It is liquid gold in a bottle. Yeah. It's, it's literally it's like good. liquid butterscotch, and it's awesome, and I'm very happy. So you didn't get Jurassic Park watch? Did you watch anything else? We well, we did eventually um, oh, because did. Uh, after I don't remember if it was before the fans or after. At some point in time during the drying process, we were like, "Well, we're going to be up anyway. You just want to go ahead and finish it." Uh-huh. And the company had gone home at that point, so we were like, "Yeah." So we, we did watch Jurassic Park, and then Sunday night after we got home, we watched Lost World. Oh, so we only have one to go now. You're before a movie ahead of me, we're in the same spot because Saturday we went. We actually first of all went and saw Cinderella. The, oh, how was it? The cheap theater. It's enjoyable. It's a good. It's a good movie. It's Cinderella. I mean, it's Disney's version of Cinderella. Is um, it better than Disney's version of Maleficent? I haven't seen that. Still. Oh, that's right. You that's, still haven't. Yes. Seen now, it. now I'm in yes, charge yes, to yes, see yes, it because yes, I want yes, to see yes. it. A thousand times yes from you. <laughs> yeah. um, but because they didn't Maleficent it. some Doctor Who crossovers uh, and Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, <laughs> Hallie Atwell was in it, uh, which I didn't recognize her first because she's got blonde hair. Yeah, <laughs> which. <laughs> Which is what? ironic because in the first episode of Agent Carter, she puts on that blonde wig. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then uh, two masters. Not just one, but two masters. Eric Roberts? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, Derek Jacoby plays the uh, – King. Jacoby plays the king. Yeah. Is it Jacoby? I don't know. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. I thought it was Jacoby. And then um, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but the, the guy that plays the master in the Dark Eyes uh, Big Finish audios is Not also in the movie. Jeffrey Beavers. Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, gone now. The, the name's not coming to me at all. Um, was also in it, so. But it was good. Yeah, enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. So after that, we went home, and the kids and I fired up Jurassic Park because we were getting excited about seeing Jurassic World. Well, they're getting excited about seeing. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. And we watched that, and then the following day, we had intended to watch all three this weekend, but the following day, we got around to watching Lost World Jurassic Park, and. I think that's all I watched this week. I, I caught up. In, I'm caught up with Game of Thrones, and I'm not up to last night's episode. Yep, and I finished um, 
Girls season four. So oh, this week. Where are you at on Clone Wars? I haven't watched any, so still about five episodes in. Okay, because I six maybe. I think I'm up to like episode eleven now. Oh wow! Okay, and um, like it's it, 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 it's cute and it's good and it's cute and it's good it's cute and it's good and then they do this episode this like two parter where R two is lost in yeah, space. Yeah. I, I did get that far the first time. Okay, so, yeah. and it was like, <gasps> and I got really invested in you know. <laughs> Like, this was a great episode because R2 was off doing things on his own and trying to be the hero and, and, and largely succeeding, not really needing rescuing. Yeah. And then the next episode was the one where they mistake Jar Jar for a Jedi, and I went, you did a Jar Jar episode? Uh, they did a- that's the first Jar Jar episode, and surprisingly, other Jar- that's the weakest Jar Jar episode. Which is funny because I actually enjoy... I did, too. Yeah, that was the real yeah. shock. When I first saw the Netflix description, I was like, oh, man. And the one where he pretends it. to be a Jedi? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, this is actually pretty good. It's fairly well, enjoyable. Later, when they bring Jar Jar back, he becomes even less of a comic foil. So, like, they actually start treating him like a serious character. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? So I always roll my eyes on it, the description of Jar Jar. But every time he comes back, I'm more impressed at how they handle him. I, I, uh, what impresses me is the fact that the Clone Wars did not ignore Jar Jar. They could have easily said... Pfft. Yeah, but they said, you know what? Of the clones. Let's make <laughs> kind of marginalized. Well, yeah. yeah, they could say you know, they could have said, let's just really do Jar Jar some justice, you know, and and make him decent. So they big finished him. They, they, big, they really did. <laughs> now he's still not my favorite character to oh, start. No. They didn't redeem him, but um, well, they redeemed him, but they didn't. They didn't completely make him wonderful. But yeah, I I quite enjoyed that first. They didn't I haven't seen the second one. Seven Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> We got Jurassic Park watched, and we didn't get the other ones watched, unfortunately. We had planned to, and it just didn't happen. Are you going Sunday? Uh, I don't know when we're going to go see it. We're going to go with my you're, mom. You're not going with uh, the, the group, then? Uh, I haven't no. heard anything about the group. They, they, they're apparently setting something yeah, up to try and buy a house, and suddenly you're uh, out of the group. <laughs> I get all this vicariously through Mel. I have no <laughs> I, Yeah, I didn't see it. There's apparently a group thing to try and well, do it on Sunday at Alamo Draft House, so... Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, if we like it enough, we might go again. We might go Saturday with my mom because she really wants to see it. Mm. Is it open this, this next weekend? This week. This, this week. This weekend. Okay. I was thinking it was the following weekend. Okay. So, so uh, if you're waiting for us to organize the flicks with friends, too late. <laughs> <laughs> you're on your own. Off, we did it. Tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday would be all right. <laughs> well, I'm watching three on Wednesday, so you better hurry up. <laughs> Sarah didn't remember Jurassic Park very well. She had seen it but didn't remember it. And so she really liked the first movie. And I, I'm everything I've read about the new one, I'm convinced that it's not as important that she sees Lost World in 3 before seeing the probably world. Probably not. So we're probably going to go see it, and then hopefully that will spur her to want to watch the other two, which she's never seen before. Really? Yeah. Despite my love of I, I have only seen Lost World. This will be my third view. I think I've even seen it more than that. I didn't like it. I mean, no, no, that's not true. <laughs> that makes it sound like I didn't like it. <laughs> Jurassic Park, the Lost World Jurassic Park was okay. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, the, we- my, it's, the, it's the weakest of the weakest three. One, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people say the better. third movie is the weakest. No, no that's no, a much no, not at all. That one feels more like Jurassic Park to me than Lost World does. It's also more fun. Yeah. Lost oh, yeah. World takes itself just a little too seriously. And I, I watched it again, really trying to figure out what works and what doesn't and i mean the, the trailer scene is phenomenal it's it's great it's fantastic but Jurassic lost world really what i came down on last night watching it was it's a paint by number sequel 
Okay, what are the rules of a sequel? It's got to be more exciting. It's got to be more tense. It's got to be more. The body count's got to be higher. Uh, you've got to do this and this. And they went, okay. So, you know, the first movie, there's really only five deaths. For all of the fact that these dinosaurs are rampaging around, there's only five deaths. Yeah, most yeah. people got on the boat. You know there's only five deaths? Because in Lost World, they say there were five deaths. Actually, they say they were, they, he says responsible for the deaths of three people. He's responsible for three. But there were two other deaths. Right. Well, and that's... The guy at the beginning, when they're loading the Velociraptor into the thing, I'm presuming that guy died. Yeah. <laughs> we never really know what happens to him. It was just an accident. Well, there's a lawsuit going on. A lawsuit on. and yeah. with that worker. He's dead. I assume he yeah. died. But he may have actually made it, in which case it's just the four. And then I thought, well, why don't they? And then I was, oh, yeah, because they don't know what happened to Nedry. He just disappeared as far as they're but, concerned. But they do know about Samuel L. Jackson, the game warden, and uh, – Muldoon. Uh, yeah, Muldoon. And, um, the lawyer. The lawyer. They know for a fact those three If you listen closely, he says when he's talking to Hammond about him being responsible for three deaths, or that's when that's brought up, and I remember who says it. It, When they're on the island later, Jeff Goldblum's character, Malcolm, says, you know, there were five deaths. He talks about five deaths, so they they do both. They talk oh, about did he really? Okay, I must have missed that one later, a second he talks time. About, you know, there were, or somebody, I think, I think it was Malcolm was saying five deaths. Okay. Mm. Well, at any rate, the body count in Lost World is much higher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they oh, kill yeah. all kinds of people. So, okay, checkbox that. So, okay, what's scarier than a T-Rex? Two T-Rexes. Okay. And so you get the whole thing with it, you know, and it, it just feels very calculated to to move you through those paces and do this kind of stuff. And it's 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 a fine film. It's 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 fine. Uh, there's a lot of like the ending. I know a lot of people hate the ending. I am not a fan of the ending. I'm not I I enjoy it. I, I like I the fact that what they were trying to do. Yeah. I just wish they wouldn't have dropped the, all the plots ahead of it to do it. Because there was, I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff going it's on. King Kong. With I mean, the it's, mercenaries. It's really what it is. Godzilla. <laughs> well, <laughs> we get the shot of the Japanese guys. But it, it, well, yeah, but it's, it's King Kong. It's to bring the monster to the mainland, and it breaks free and yeah. causes havoc. And that's, I just think there was more interesting stuff going on with the mercenaries, and then they drop it for the King Kong story. Yeah. Well, and something else that I picked up on the... Well, the, the other group the guys that were working for him. Really something well, else that I Mercenaries are in the third film. Those guys are mercenaries. Something else I picked up on this one that I never really thought about before is uh, Roland, uh, his character that um, Pete Poswell played. I love Pete Poswell. Um, the cast in Lost World is really good. Oh, it's really good. I've seen it so few times I forgot that Vince Vaughn was in it. I know. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's Vince Vaughn being an action hero. and I. It's Vince Vaughn from, you know, those movies. <laughs> and here he is. It's, it's Vince Vaughn, the other half of Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> well, Owen Wilson was in the in the in the dinosaur suit. <laughs> I'm sure Vince, course, Ben Vince, Stiller was in there as a raptor somewhere. I'm I sure. knew Vince Vaughn before he teamed with Owen Wilson because he used to do uh, films with um, who directed Iron Man? Uh, John Favreau. They did Swingers. Yeah. Yeah. In Swingers, fact, he, he was just coming off Swingers. That, I think a, a follow, uh, they did another movie together. Made. Yeah, made. Yeah. And then later on, uh, they starred. This was much later, but later on, then they were on that one with uh, Jason Bateman as well, where they go oh, off their their cu- uh, uh, couples couples retreat retreat. No. That's what that's way later. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know. I guess I didn't realize that was a John Favreau film. They, I didn't, uh, yeah. He was in it. Oh, yeah, he was one know, of the three. I didn't know Favreau okay. was in that either. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, in fact, I think he was just coming off Swingers when he went to... Uh, yes, when he went I believe to, you're right. Anyway, uh, so Pete Poswell, his character Roland, who really kind of... I, I, I like the fact that he's very into this whole, 
I'm going to hunt the buck. Why is my business? Leave me alone. And you just kind of, I, I liked that whole element to his character. And then at the end, when he gives it all up and he's just like, I've spent enough time in the company of death because RJ didn't make it. And suddenly it dawned on me because I realized when he gets up to, to walk away, he's got an earring. And I thought to myself, I wonder if he and RJ were a couple. Because RJ kind of followed him around through the whole thing like my man Friday. He carried the gun and he did the stuff. Yeah. With it. But just all of a sudden it was like, that really opens up this whole new thing for his character. And I think it's really cool if that's, you know, it's not important. It just, it, you know, gave me a little extra something to like about did, that I movie that. or something. But, um, yeah, like I said, I, I like the ending. Except for the fact that, so the boat's deserted and it crashes into the dock. And we go up and we look and there's that hand holding on to the, the, the steering wheel of the boat that's been completely severed. There's no body. It's just the hand. And it's like, how? Because <laughs> there's only one dinosaur on the boat, and it's a T-Rex. There's no way he put his head inside that bridge, which is fully intact, to bite that guy and lose his hand, which is still attached to that handle. And you can't assume... How did it get there? You can't... Yeah, you, know, you, yeah, you can't assume that... Well, yeah. Uh, never mind. You, know, just, you can't assume it's the baby because the baby was already ahead. Yeah, they took the baby on the plane. Because yeah. that was my first thought. Well, maybe. Nope. They just, yeah. they just. And so I, I thought about it and thought about it. And it's like all you needed to do is have the captain's body there slumped over the wheel and drop a line about he set course for the thing and they trapped it. And after everybody else hit if the thing had gotten out, it killed the entire crew. They managed to get and locked it in the thing and then died setting course for that. Okay, you have now fixed the reason that this is a ghost <laughs> ship. But instead, they just find dismembered body parts all over the deck. And, it's and like, the T-Rex still in the hole. And the T-Rex still in yeah. the hole. And I was like... Uh, all of a sudden, it It starts off on a very bad sour note. With... That, that, that. Oh, yeah, that. So and then it goes into silliness. Well, I like the... The, the end starts off. The end yeah, starts sorry. off on yeah, the silliness. Yeah, But, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like when, I like whether it eats the dog. <laughs> There's so many great little bits well, there. Mason had just never like, seen ah. it. <laughs> oh, going, God. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Oh, yeah. Oh. And she looked at Mason and said, don't get too attached to the dog. <laughs> Was he okay afterwards? Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about that. I think the only thing that really bothered him when he was when he ripped uh, what's his name in half. Oh, poor Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. And like I said, the trailer scene's so great. You know, it's the oh, thing. It's, the action. I, I maintain that, that me not being a huge fan of the film, one of the best pieces of cinematic that's ever been put on film. Is that trailer scene? Yeah. In oh, fact, yeah. It's everybody phenomenal. was talking and chatting, and I said, "Okay, everybody has to be quiet now because this is the <laughs> best. This is probably one of the best scenes in film ever." And just we were all quiet through that whole thing. She I, falls and lands on that. the glass, and then the thing oh, there, and then so Eddie intense. throws in the rope, and then the trailer's moving, so he gets to get the wheel, oh, and he yeah. finally gets that, oh, and then the rope comes loose, so he has to go back to that, and then the car's being dragged. <laughs> that is and such when the, good when the Jeep starts doing the, the figure eights in the mud, and then the T-Rexes show <laughs> up. And it's, okay, so now I've, I've got a bone to pick here now. <laughs> the, the old adage, if you're going to show a gun in Act 1, it has to be fired by Act 3. 
So we get this whole chunk of dialogue with Eddie on the boat talking about this gun. He's got this super venom. And it's the blah, blah, blah venom. And it fires faster than the neurons. You, you know, he says, so what do you, is there an antidote? And he says, what do you mean? Like if you shot yourself in the foot, don't do that. You'd be dead before you realized you had an accident. <laughs> okay, great setup for the gun. And it never gets used. Julianne no. Moore uses it. No, because she used Roland's. Roland had a different tranquilizer dart and a different tranquilizer gun. And that's what they had was what they were going to do with that. The one that Eddie had... He was in the Jeep with it when the T-Rex has bit the top off and everything, and he's struggling, and it's caught in the webbing, and it's bent on the thing, and it, and then it goes over with him. Never gets used. Oh. And I thought about that, and I thought, okay, so is Spielberg being very, very clever by breaking that rule on purpose? Here's the gun. Here's the description. Here's everything you need to know about how this is going to work, and then you don't get to see it in action? Or did he really break a rule? Because technically he did it later to Roland. Roland's got this big, I don't know what it was, elephant gun, shotgun thing. With well, the thing. it's because and Vince Vaughn takes, Vince the, Vaughn takes the, the ammo out of it. So that one doesn't get to work either. I think he's just purposely breaking the rules. You think so? Being clever, yeah. Because I couldn't decide. to subvert expectations. Yeah. I couldn't decide at that point if it was clever or not. <laughs> <laughs> I always assumed that was Eddie's gun, but now you say that, that makes sense. Yeah, it goes over the, the thing. Well, not me. to mention they didn't kill it. They just put it to sleep and yeah. it trolled Otherwise off the, it the ocean. Yeah, and then I had... <laughs> I have problems with Julianne Moore because she sleeps downwind from animals and predators and African hunters and all this kind of stuff. She's got T-Rex blood all over her yeah. jacket and doesn't think that she's she's championing the olfactory uh, capacity of the T-Rex and doesn't <laughs> think about the fact that you're covered in its baby's blood. Yeah. They're going to track you. <laughs> get rid of the jacket. Nah, I think uh, that the, eh, the, the whole movie's full. I can I can I can give him that she was so caught up in the moment because I mean, so was Vince Vaughn's character. He was because he's the conservationist and and even Roland, who asked, are you injured? She's like, no, it's the Rex blood. It's just not drying in the humidity. And he doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, he acts like he feels spat, uh, sorry for her. I mean, that was a, the nice thing is they tried to make him the antagonist of the film, but he almost comes out as kind of this, he's okay, the, he's, he's not he's, so bad. He's the noble guy. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. noble. There you go. Yeah. That's why I like Roland. I think he's a, he's a fascinating character. I, you know, more of that. Less of the weaselly engine guy. Anybody watch well, anything else? Uh, <laughs> I watched Road Warrior. Oh! Yeah, I like it. I, it's what I remembered from Mad Max, the Mad Max series. Okay. Um, I remembered most of it. Yeah, it's a really enjoyable film. It's so good. I have four episodes left of Arrow, so I'm caught up total. Yep. It's so good. I don't know what I'm going to do now. <laughs> I gotta catch show. up on Gotham. That's about I've got setting waiting to finish. iZombie ends this week. It's been so good. I highly recommend it. I'll need to go back and pick that one up too. It's really good. We went uh, to the Kansas City Zoo on oh, Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah. What else? That was fun. Did you take? A, oh, that's you took a Audi. Yeah, I we saw that photo. And, yeah, uh, Mike and <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> the guys all running off to <laughs> joining hands and running well, off to have the zoo and guys only. left Sarah behind. That was actually us walking. Have you guys been to the KC Zoo? Uh-huh. Years and from years Africa years all the way back because the wait for the tram was really long and it's as we were leaving. So <laughs> we were finally get on the tram, we could be there by now. Yeah. yeah, it was it was really hot, but we had a lot of fun. Uh, Two week old baby gorilla, and it was out on display. Ooh, it cool. was really cute. You know, I like apes, so that's the big highlight. They had a baby chimp too, but you couldn't really see it; they were too far away. But uh, Mike had never been; he really enjoyed it. It was, it was a good time. That's about it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to news. 
First up in news, Osgood is joining the Big Finish unit stories. Yay! So she's going to be part of those. And I see that they are in studio this week. They're heading into studio so. this week yeah. to record those. So, which I think September, I think. We, we speculated a bit on when these stories might have been set. I think that kind of narrows it down quite a bit. <laughs> well, and the, they added artwork with her in it, and it's her with the bow tie. So if you looked at set photos, you know it's this helps you place probably where it's at before Series 9. Before her demise. Demise, death. yeah. <laughs> her quote-unquote death. I think it'll be a good team. Yeah. I have a good, uh, I'm excited uh, for it. Companion for Kate. Uh, then our other bit of news, and if you're going to get to go to this, let us know, and please send us reports. There's going to be a Doctor Who festival in November in London, where you get to go inside the experience, get, or get inside the adventure is the tagline. Uh, there's going to be meeting the cast, meeting the writers, a little bit of drama school, costumes and props, a whole big festival. Um, I saw something else I did this way. <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead. More so than the conventions <clears throat> that have come before. Cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. What else you do? I'll get there. Speaking <laughs> of convention news, then real quick, I don't know if you have this on there. Uh, Galley announced their first wave of guests for next year. Oh. Now that I don't have tickets. Uh, so the uh, the standard four writers, as I like to think of them as the Fab Four, because they seem to be there all the time: <laughs> Paul Cornell, Phil Ford, Gary Russell, and Tony Lee. Um, India Fisher, who plays Charlie Pollard. Ooh. Uh, Andy Pryor, casting director for Doctor Who since the 2005 series started. Uh, Peter Harkness, who wrote Kill the Moon. Fraser Hines. Neve McIntosh. regular. <laughs> Nicola Bryant. Julian Glover. Ooh. Cool. That's not a very common guest. Samuel Anderson, who played Danny Pink. And Peter Davison. So the I one doctor to, I haven't met yet. And he's going to be there this to, year. Uh, <laughs> might have to see, uh, see if I can figure out how to get Danny Glover's. That'd be cool. Julian Glover. Ju- Danny. Danny. Julian, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> I think you did I, that I, last time. <laughs> I think you're right. Julian Glover's it. I don't, but I don't know if I'd get Donovan from uh, Last Crusade, though. I think I would do that. You would get Donovan? Yeah, I think I'd step outside of I th- 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 That's, that's a safe bet. You know. Well, do you, get, do you get Donovan or do you get General Veers? Yeah, I wouldn't you wouldn't get General Veers. No, I'm, as, as much of a Star Wars fan as I am, I decided long ago I'm not going to get these fringe characters because Veers is small enough to part. General, I, I, as far if, as if I had, if I had um, Don, him signing, if I had him signed as Donovan, and I had him signed as uh, uh, J- uh, Jagger, uh, Jagger. The Count Scarlet. Yeah. If I got, if I had those from previous conventions, and then he, I showed up again in another one, then yeah, Veers would be the next, the third line. But no, not you wouldn't first. get a Master Pycelle. Master Pycelle, no. well, maybe. <laughs> I think I'd get Richard the Third before I get <laughs> General Veers. Harry Potter Chamber Secrets. No. Who was he? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's just credited here. It doesn't have this character's name. Hold on, to the Imdaba. To the Imdaba. <laughs> now, in fairness to the General Veers thing, you guys do realize, as far as filmed Star Wars goes, General Veers is the only Imperial officer to score a victory against the Rebels, right? It's true. <laughs> it's true. Just saying. And not just a victory, His but a routing. All of 
He's on film all of like four minutes total. Oh, he's the voice of Aragon. That's what it is, yeah. Oh, really? I did not yeah. know that. Well, was he on the list of Doctor Who actors that appeared in Harry Potter? I think so. I can't remember now. I don't know. The list got really big. So. Yeah, it, <laughs> it gets bigger, too, as they add more Doctor Who. But yeah, people- on the list of uh, Game of Thrones actors on uh, Doctor Who and vice versa is getting even bigger. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, Sean, the girl who played Shona has been in this season. Played Shona. In The Last Christmas. Oh, no, I didn't notice. Yeah, she's uh, with Arya. She's the other girl. Oh, she's the other girl. Yeah. yeah. No, nope, didn't notice that yeah, at all. I, I, it took me like two episodes to realize the who god, The god with many faces. Now, Arya's the doing clothes. the worst internship ever. <laughs> <laughs> kind of interesting this week. Yeah, I'm, yeah, still, yeah. I'm still two behind, so right. I didn't get to, with everything in the, in the basement, um, I didn't get to go to the thing. Yeah, no, Gally made me very, I, I knew it. I told him, I was like, maybe we should order tickets anyway, because I know we've had, we've had McCoy, or we've had Sylvester, we've had Paul, we've had Colin. Peter's going to show up. I know he's going to show they've, up. They've gone we, chronologically, we, haven't they? Counted down. Yeah, because they're back to Peter, because he was there the year before. The year before we I went. So, and it was, it was eight, seven, six, not Or even five, two right? years before I went. Uh, yeah, it was eight, seven, then no. six and eight. Well, it went, but, oh, it went, yeah. it went five, eight. Well, well, I meant while he was since I've been going. Yeah. Okay, yeah, eight, seven, six for you. Yeah, yeah. but then yeah, I, just, five. I just, I just, I just, I knew. <laughs> well, I knew they didn't have a doctor last year. No, they had no, six they last year. And they had six five. and yeah. eight because Paul and oh, Colin right. were on stage. Paul together. was yeah. there. Yeah, but yeah, I just I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and then they announced. They said, "Hey, we got our guest list." And I went, "I knew Peter Dickerson's going to be on." You're, you're holding out for two years when Tom's there because they're they're going down. <laughs> oh well, then yeah. <laughs> there you go. Peter Davidson, Julian Glover, and uh, and uh, Indy Fisher. Those were the like the of that first wave. I was like, oh. <laughs> so if you're going, say hello to them for me. All right, let's go on to feedback. Feedback. First up, Chrissy. She writes the continuing voyages. Dear Vortex boys. So I sat down to watch Star Trek Continues for Vortex homework, and I'm listening to Kirk's voice, and he keeps bugging me and bugging me because I know I've heard that guy's voice, but his face is just not clicking with me. I finally broke down and looked up the cast list on the website, and it's totally Vic Mig... How do you say his last Mignolia. name? Yeah. Magnolia, I think. Magnogna? Magnogna. Sure. Edward Elric from Fullmetal Alchemist. I recently finished watching the newer version of the anime and really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it, it's worth the time. So that made me happy. Anyways, I have to praise this series for not the least of which is... Oh, I have... Oh, sorry. Anyway, I have a lot to praise this series for. Not the least of which is how faithful it sticks to the original series Star Trek look and feel. It could be easy to say, hey, we're going to do an updated continuation of Star Trek. It'll be big and flashy and modern. But I like that they kept with the look with the 60s series. And besides, we already know J.J. Abrams' Flash show version. As for Colin Baker, it's awesome to see him in this production. His character is like some kind of authority figure, which is different, yet the same from the Doctor. But this minister dude is a lot more panicky and susceptible to freaking out. <laughs> kind of like a more neurotic Time Lord President. That would be an interesting twist in one of the Gallifrey audios. Hmm. <laughs> really enjoyed this episode. I might follow the rest of the series because there aren't that many episodes out, and it'd be easy to catch up. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. Have a great week. You all rock. 
Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thanks, Chrissy. Up next in feedback is Holly. Holly writes, Hey, guys. Wow, I have to say that I really enjoyed White Iris. The production quality of this was fantastic. I really enjoyed the story. More Kirk backstory is always good. The casting is fantastic. And man, the sets. You can tell a lot of love and care is going into this production. I wish Colin had been in it a little more, but I was still happy all around. I'm going to have to go back and watch the other episodes in the Star Trek Continue series. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this story. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank Thank you, you, Holly. Holly. Thank you. And last but not least. Last but not least is Rachel. Rachel writes, I expect Crocs. Hello, Vortex Gang. Ah, June, one of my favorite months for the of the year for many reasons. And right now it's because it's finally my doctor's turn at Beyond the Doctor. First off, I have to say how well done the Star Trek Conti- Continue series is. The sets, the costumes, the special effects, even the music, all obviously done with the original series in mind the entire time. Now, for White Iris specifically, the story is interesting. I have a feeling I'm missing some details with the women that Kirk kept seeing. I do plan on going back and watching the first three episodes, which I assume will fill in some of the gaps. As for Colin Baker's appearance, while his screen time was shorter than I would have liked when he was on, it was enjoyable to watch. Even even more so if you watch the bloopers for the episode. He has a few that are especially funny. I half expected for him to be wearing his usual Crocs underneath his costume. Alas, he's wearing flip-flops, although they could be Crocs brand flip-flops. Add that to the list of questions to ask him at time, Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) On a related note, happy birthday to Colin Breaker on June 8th, which also also happens to be the first birthday for the five-ish fangirls. A big thanks to Glenn for joining us. For part of our birthday celebration episode, now available on iTunes, shameless plug, number one. As Glenn knows already, we are hosting a giveaway in honor of our birthday. Details of said giveaway can be found on our blog, shameless plug, number two. Well, that's all I have for this week. Until next time, Rachel. That's what I did. That's what else, I did <laughs> that's what else you did. Yep. <laughs> uh, I want to thank the girls again for, uh, or the ladies again for uh, having me on the show. Um, things didn't work out. We couldn't all be there, but uh, I felt it necessary to represent, and I got there about an hour and 15 minutes late because <laughs> I actually was – I remembered it all day long, and then we were out shopping for uh, a dress for Caitlin for something she's got next weekend. And at about 9 o'clock, I went, oh, I'm supposed to be recording. <laughs> so we hustled home, and I got on and got on for the second half of the show. So. Um, but congratulations again. Yeah, congratulations ladies, uh, for a one year. year. And uh, the show actually went live today, I believe. Maybe it was Sunday. I think it was Sunday. And on their uh, one-year anniversary. So, And, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. And we I'm sorry you guys, I couldn't be there. I'm sorry well, I couldn't be there guys, either. We knew we had, you guys had prior commitments. So. I really want to be. Could have done Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was the other thing I did this week. So. And that was, I look forward always, to going to listen to the episode. Fun. It's always fun to hop on there and chat with the ladies. We and should. we need to have them on our show. Yeah, we, yeah, should we really do. have them on our show. So. Well, you know what we should do is we should just all do a feedback thing and surprise them. Yeah, there you go. Oh, we'll just, yeah. just, you know, we'll be surprising now because they will have heard this episode. Ah, they don't <laughs> listen to us. <laughs> Here's to many more. Yes. Congratulations, ladies. 
Well, should we talk a little bit about this week's review? The White Iris. Captain Kirk finds himself haunted by guilt from his past as the fate of an alien world hangs in the balance. Dun, dun, dun! That was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. was really good. Now, before we get started, have you guys had a chance to watch any of the other episodes, the other three episodes that are on the website yet? Nope. Not of this series. Same quality. Same quality. Now, I I would would only watch the first one, but... I keep meaning to go watch the next two, but the first one is, uh, from the get-go, it was the same caliber of quality and, and feel. And if, it, just, as our feedbacker so said, it felt so, so much authentic. like the original series. I suppose a side note is in order, just from the... Uh, I, I didn't really realize how true this was until I saw a, an article, um, and I wish now I could remember where it was initially posted, but they commented that we're kind of living in the golden age of, of Star Trek fan productions. Because there are so many of them out there, um, mm. I'm familiar with Star Trek Phase Two or Star Trek New Voyages, which is now also Star Trek New Voyages Phase Two. And what they're doing is trying to kind of pick up the mantle and make a fourth series, as if Star Trek hadn't been canceled after the third season, and kind of go from there. And uh, they put out a few episodes, and they're quite good. Uh, I think probably on caliber with with Star Trek Continues. Um, and then they've shifted focus just a little bit because Paramount planned on doing the Phase 2 series and then initially scrapped it and did Star Trek The Motion Picture instead. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of picked up that idea and said, well, what if we do that? And so they kind of changed New Voyages into this Phase 2 where you get an Enterprise that's not quite the Enterprise from the motion picture, but they've got the square engines on it. But it still looks like the Enterprise from the original series. And they're, they're doing some kind of interesting Bridging crossover. That gap a little bit. They've had Walter Koenig on as a guest star playing Chekhov. They've had um, Hikaru uh, Sulu. Uh, they've had George Kion playing him. Uh, they've got a lot of scripts that were written by writers of the original Star Trek series. And the sets and, and production values are just as high. Hmm. Um, some of the acting can be a little off, which I kind of have a, a, a little minute bone to pick with Star Trek Continues for that same reason. But um, other than that, the spirit is there. The flavor is there. Uh, and it's really enjoyable. I didn't know that Star Trek Continues was a thing until just recently. And I was like, oh, there's another show out there. And I'm totally ready to get into this. And there's, there's so many other. If you just Google, you know, fan-run Star Trek shows, I mean, they're, they're, they're just coming out of the woodwork now. <laughs> there's a, a documentary that uh, is being produced that's... A, a faux documentary, but it's set during the, I think it's called the Four Years' War between the Federation and the Klingon Empire oh. during the initial first contact and how badly it went. But they're doing it in that documentary style where they're interviewing all of the starship captains that <laughs> fought in the war, including Garth Vizar, who wound up in a uh, insane asylum in the original series. But huh. before that... He was one of the great leaders of this thing. And, again, phenomenal production values. Tony Todd is is in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, you got Candyman? All right. Don't say it again. So uh, so that's definitely out there. Um, hmm. but just, just, to, just to throw that plug out for, for everybody else. This made me want to go rewatch the original series because it's <laughs> been so long since I've watched any of them. Like, I've... I've, I've I'm, I don't think I've seen all of them, but I've seen a handful here and there, some of the higher points. And it makes me want to go back and rewatch it all from the beginning, which I was kind of wanting to do after Into Darkness anyways and never got around to it. And this kind of spurs it, gets me more of the flavor and the tone and the inspiration to watch it more. I have them on Blu-ray if you want, but the ones that they've released on Blu-ray as the, the special editions 
are the ones that are on Netflix right yeah. now. So that's what I'll probably do. You can tune Netflix. in that way as well. That's what I did last year when I went through and did a rewatch. I watched one Netflix. Just as a side note, uh, Rachel, since you brought it up in your in your feedback, you don't have to. I haven't watched the other three continues episodes yet. But the women in question actually come from the original yeah, series. They're, they're not in the. the um, so I don't believe they would have uh, yeah. tapped in. And if you're interested in the research on that specifically, the episodes you want to look at are uh, number 28, The City on the Edge of Forever, which, which is, is arguably one of the best. Always one of the top 10. Episodes. Uh, with Miss Edith Keeler, played by Joan Collins. Joan Collins, yeah. Um, I believe probably the closest um, uh, Kirk's liaison with. Uh, uh, with the one uh, that they kept mentioning, the Farragut. They've never really gone into that story too much, other than possibly number uh, 47, Obsession, where you do learn that the Farragut crew died. And this was the thing that was responsible. And Kirk kind of goes, ah, I'm going to you know, go get yeah. you and, 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 and all that. But they don't really give you a whole lot of backstory on it. But you could reference that one if you wanted. I think they were able to take some liberties and poetic license with that. Yeah. To- um, establish that relationship. Number 58, The Paradise Syndrome, which uh, is where Miramani's from. Great episode where uh, Kirk gets zapped with a beam and forgets who he is and thinks he's a, an Indian tribal chief living on this uh, mm. beautiful pastoral planet, gets married, and apparently nearly has a kid. Apparently nearly <laughs> had a kid. <laughs> and then uh, number 76, Requiem for Methuselah which is a great concept to basically the idea that all of the fantastic artists throughout earth's history are actually the same guy, uh, who is immortal. Huh. He's just, he's that good because he's been around that long, you know, uh, and he's kind of changed his appearance and, you know, style to, to mimic or to throw people off the track, that it's not all, <laughs> the, whether it's a painting or a composer or whatever, they're all this guy. And uh, they discover him, uh, and he's incredibly lonely, and he has built for himself an android companion who is programmed to love him, but this way she's an android, and she will never grow old and die as so many of the people he knows have over the years. And, of course, Kirk being Kirk, he falls in love with her and (laughs) rips her away from this poor old man. So uh, those are the the, the ones that you may want to uh, reference just for the sake of the story, which was incredible. And exceptionally that's why, well. That's why done. we bring Sean along as the uh, Star Trek authoritarian. Yeah, that's pretty much my job on the show. I get to show off every every once in a while. I thought some of the casting was pretty well done. Uh, some I I think it was just not used to watching it, but there were times where I had to focus on okay, who's he supposed to be, or who, especially some of the background characters, yeah. like. I, I, I recognize Nurse Chapel and who but it took it took me a few seconds for her to recognize that oh that's supposed to be Nurse Chapel. It's a bond. Okay, so that's supposed to be her. And there I don't I don't know, it's just sometimes I had to stop and think, Oh wait, yeah, oh yeah, that's that's who that is. I thought the guy who did Bones had the tone of his voice was so His good. tone and inflection was dead yeah. on. The the look I think is the furthest off. Yeah. But, uh, yeah the, his tone and inflection. I think. See, that was that was going to be my complaint. Actually, was was Doctor McCoy. I didn't think he. I didn't think he had the right inflection or or even spirit of of. He, he just kind of showed up and I, you know, and I understand. You know, we're, we're recasting. Okay, you know, I'm with you. Well, I just it just didn't get a bones feel, and I really kind of I blame the script for some of that because I feel like there were a lot of moments where 
they kind of pulled McCoy's teeth a little bit because he is a doctor. He is a, a knowledgeable, a very knowledgeable physician. Yeah. And so much of this episode he spent going, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can walk away and go back to duty. I'm not going to stop you. And even when Kirk has the attack in his quarters, it's Spock who just walked in the door that manages to catch him and goes to him. And, you know, and McCoy's just kind of standing there with a drink in one hand and a tricorder <laughs> in the other looking, well, kind of like Tim at the end of Jurassic Park. He's <laughs> kind of banging on the back of the chair going, I don't know what to do! <laughs> other than that, I thought they were, were, were very well cast. Some, something led me to believe, and I may be wrong because there's... They're not on the cast list here, but it seemed to me that there was a different actor that played McCoy, Dr. McCoy, in the first hmm. episode. But when I go to their cast list, they, there's no mention. So there's a good chance that, that, that I'm incorrect on that. Uh, new Voyages, I, remember, I think, has had several different I remember actors in each one now. I haven't now. seen any of those. So when I, 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 I think... I remember when I watched the first episode of this, I, didn't, I got the same feeling with McCoy as I didn't think he was... No, it definitely was a different actor. As a matter of fact, because yeah, the actor, two different actors. the actor looked more like um, DeForest, DeForest Kelly. Kelly, but I thought he was he was quite a ways off as far as carrying the the character. I think Chuck Huber, who plays him now, is much more in line with the style and tone and inflection, but the look is is way off for me. <laughs> so. Yeah, Which is the, fine. The it's... other guy for the first two episodes was Larry Nemec. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Larry's a he's a Star Trek writer, if yeah. I uh, remember correctly. He's also been in Trek Nation. That would be why. And okay. Dawn of Wrath. <laughs> Chris Duhan, phenomenal. Really good, Scotty. Which, of course, is you know the son of the son James of James Duhan, <laughs> who played yeah. Scotty. I, I thought the guy who played Kirk had to look a lot. But sometimes it didn't quite sound like Shatner to me. I think he's doing a really good. I maybe the, a better acting Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> well, as much as I love Shatner, here's what I appreciated by this Kirk is that everybody has a stereotypical Kirk impression. That when you see the impression, you know they're doing Kirk. But when you go back and you watch Star Trek. It's nothing like what people have characterized him yeah. as. Yeah. People don't give William Shatner enough credit, I think, as an actor. I don't think he over-dramatized the things that I think become became the caricature of uh, Captain Kirk. But I think what he's doing is he's toned it back enough that he had, to me, he's more Kirk than the people that do the really good Kirk impressions, you know, so, yeah. or Shatner impressions. That's what I liked about him, actually, was he wasn't trying to do a Shatner impression. He was, it was like Chris Pine. At no point in time in the new oh, movies yeah. did Chris Pine attempt to do Shatner. He's just playing Kirk. And, and I think doing it very well. And I think this guy really did a great job capturing Kirk and the essence of what this yes. guy is without going to, and you know some the of the manner, some of the mannerisms are definitely there across the board. I was really impressed. Did you recognize Sulu? Oh yeah, Grandy Mar, <laughs> from from Mythbusters. But some of the Sulu's looks, also a huge Who fan. Yeah, some of the looks that he had at his station when they're, you know, and he's, <laughs> oh my God, he's doing Sulu. I mean, he just and he, he just nailed it. So the guy uh, who plays Spock, I wasn't as impressed with. Tough shoes to fill. 
Yeah, I mean, that, how, that's kind of where I have to fill those. Shows? Of of all of the shows I've seen with all of the different Spocks, and there have been many of them out there in the in Star Trek timeline. It's tough shoes to fill. It's just you, you, you kind of you know. I thought he was adequate. I, you know, I didn't have any problems with him. I thought, you know, honestly, I thought he was better than a lot of the other guys that have been out there. But mm. yeah, you're right. He's, he, he wasn't Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> well, or, even, or Zach. Either. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. about to say, even to that extent, Zach uh, Quinto does a better job, I think. For those curious, they've besides Colin Baker, who will talk a little bit about his performance uh, on the show, they've actually had Michael Dorn, I think he who did a voice. Um, Lou Ferrigno has played a character. Marco oh. Forrest, who played Apollo in the actual episode, um, what was the name of that episode? That who mourns for? Is it Who mourns for Anadeus? Is that the one with Apollo? Yeah, I believe that's right. Um, Aaron Gray has been in the show. People know Aaron Gray oh, from yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Uh, Diana Hale, who also was in that same uh, original Star Trek episode. Daniel Logan, who plays uh, young Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones. Uh, Mariana Sirtis, you would have Marina. maybe recognized in this uh, uh, Marina, yes, yeah, Sirtis, uh, that you would have recognized in the episode if you paid close attention to the computer voice. I thought she did a really good job channeling. Um, I just blanked on her name, Nurse Chapel, Major Barrett. Yeah, yeah, for, for the computer voice. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Adrian Wilkinson, who played, I knew I was going to come and forget. She was the gal that played Joan Collins' character in this. Miss Keeler. Yeah, Miss Keeler. She has been in... Oh, I blinked. Adrienne Wilkinson? Yeah. Uh, she, she was... Yes, who mourns for Anna And Xena. Yes. Warrior Princess. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. And a voice in... And I think... Yeah. Xena Warrior character. Princess is what I was thinking. She was uh, a character. Star Wars Force Unleashed. She's actually going to be at Kansas City Comic Con. That's correct. So... Okay, so enough with those people. Yep. <laughs> Let's all talk all about Colin Baker. Colin. The maybe eight minutes he was. <laughs> I really wish he was in this movie. I did. I kept, I kept, I kept pining for him to come back. Oh, bring him back! Bring him back! Oh, there he is. He's on the view screen. Okay. Oh, he's gone again. Bring him back! Bring him back! Oh, there he is. He's on the view screen again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Clever way to jump into it, though, with. The attack happening uh, like right I off. Yeah. Like I had, I backed it up. I was yeah. like, I missed something. I blinked and Kirk's down. And <laughs> what happened? I almost thought the video. So there's something wrong with the video when it jumped forward in the play. Yeah, thought yeah. You know. So I, I watched it again and was like, no, I guess that was it, man. I hope he's in it more than this. And, you know, got wrapped up in the story, and then they did that overhead camera shot on the, the view security screen, view. Yeah, where, and I was like, okay, that was really kind of a cool way yeah, of doing yeah, that, editing wise. Neat. Yeah, but. Um, Colin was great. Colin fit and, right in with oh yeah, he really all did. of those. I'm going I'm to use a, a mildly derogatory term. Don't don't panic here. Planetary weenies that Star Trek's <laughs> kind of known for. <laughs> they, yeah, the, yeah, 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 you know the no, guys that show up and true. kind of throw some demands around, but not really. You right, know, and right. you know, he fit right in with well, all and, these guys. Well, and, de- and desperately need the Federation yeah, to bail yeah. them out, and I liked that. I like I like yeah. that aspect. Um, that security camera angle view that they got kudos to them because even star trek the original series would be uh uh uh, guilty of doing this a lot of times especially in old television you got the same exact cuts on somebody's security (laughs) view screen that you just saw in the tv show because you didn't want to refilm it or put a different camera and it always drives me crazy when they do this so when i saw that i went oh 
thank you for staying on that one camera angle like it was actually a security <laughs> camera. And it was one shot the whole time. Somebody was thinking, this is going to bother somebody. We just use cuts. <laughs> so I thank you guys for thinking of me in that situation. I like to Doctor Who uh, has even done that before. I, I, I think I may dye my, my, uh, my goatee beard blue right here in the, just right in the middle. Just yeah, that center yeah. part. You should. It was a cool look. I, you know, he reminded me honestly a little bit. Uh, maybe, maybe it's the, the look, kind of the facial everything. But when uh, David Ogden Steyer showed up on Deep uh, on uh, Next Gen, yeah, kind of the same mm. gravitas of his persona, really, yeah. you know. I would agree. But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Colin. I, w- I agree. I wish there was more. I don't know what we could have done. Uh, you know, as far as because it's it's Kirk's story, it's not his story. No, but, it, oh, no. certainly, and he's he has a guest appearance. He's a guest star on the show, and even the I mean, just I was drooling over his performance just on the little pieces of it that we got, and it's it really is like you know three quarters of it is the view screen. I think the one uh, scene that they had where he was with them, he may not have even been with them. They may have shot this. I didn't see the bloopers, but. They may have shot this, you know, somewhere else with his part involved because there was always that, you know, that change camera angle. Mm -hmm. And the regular actors could have been acting against, you know, uh, somebody else. And he could have been acting against somebody else. And they put it together and edited it so seamlessly that it looked great. But because all the rest of the shots were all view screen, him talking to them from the planet. Wrath of Khan. Shatner and Ricardo Montalban are never on set together at the same time. They did their scenes literally two weeks apart. Yeah. It was one acting. I think Montalban did his stuff first. Of course, Khan's always on the other ship, and Kirk's always yeah. either on his ship or down on the planet. So, No, it's a reverse. Shatner, I think, did his stuff first because he was reacting to a script girl who was reading Montalban's lines. And then Montalban <laughs> at least got to come in and act off of Shatner. But, uh-huh. yeah, never actually met on screen. I hope that's not what happened. I hope Colin at least got to hang out <laughs> yeah. with the actors. I here. hope but, so, too. But if not, it's, once again, an impressive acting Agreed, job. Oh, yeah. So. Agreed. And probably only a, doll, a day out of Colin's schedule. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, wonderful for him to come in and do something like this. I don't so imagine much fun. I, yeah. if they paid him. I don't imagine they paid him much because, I mean, this is this is all uh, not-for-profit. I mean, they, they – It's for the love of the art. Exactly. Yeah. is what it is because they technically can't make any money off of it because Paramount could – Sue them. <laughs> and clearly there has been some skittish violations there because they got pulled from YouTube. Yeah. Interestingly yeah. enough, uh, on the actual uh, continue, Star Trek Continues website, they make reference, they mention the fact that there was this thing where somebody at CBS had you know, sent the executive order and pulled it down. And apparently it was done in error. Oh, really? And CBS gave YouTube the go-ahead to put it back up. Oh, true. So it good. should be oh, back good up. Good job, CBS. Yeah, it should be back up on uh, hey. on YouTube now. Well, I'll tell you, I was so grateful that I, 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 if I have to, I watch things on my computer or my iPad. But I prefer to watch them on the big 50-inch yeah. TV. And because of the, the, the way this was, my Mac doesn't broadcast to either the Apple TV or the Chromecast very fluidly. Mm-hmm. Over my internet, so fortunately Vimeo is actually an app on the Apple TV. So I was man. able to go there, log in to my Vimeo account online, which is connected to my Apple TV, and watch it seamlessly, like See, I was watching I, a television show. I downloaded so nice. the uh, Vimeo app on my Windows 8 computer and logged in. I saved the video, couldn't find it, 
couldn't search, so I, I just uninstalled it and went to the website. Did you log into Vimeo? Yeah. You have a Vimeo account? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting because as soon as I lo- I went because I couldn't me a find other stuff. I went and searched uh, Vimeo on the app, but I couldn't find I couldn't it. Was, even, it was taking me a little while. I couldn't see a way to search. So I just went and actually logged into Vimeo mm-hmm. where, where I had brought up the, the video. And then as soon as I did that, it went to my what to watch uh, schedule or uh, list. Yeah, so. it, this one wasn't anyway like that. Weird. So I'm very pleased that I'll be able to watch the two I skipped over <laughs> in the same way. I can't go wait to go back and it's. I, I, I my friend Arissa has been watching Star Trek, and I, I keep getting weird text messages from her, mainly to the extent of, "Why did it take me so long to watch this? <laughs> oh my god, this is awesome! This is the best show ever." <laughs> And you know, reaction from a lot of people just just really enjoying the heck out of it. And she she went ahead and has moved into the movies now and and stalled out on Wrath of Khan. She was like, I know how it ends and I can't do it. I'm not mentally prepared. And then I got a text message at like four in the morning. I'm crying. Who ends a movie this way? (laughs) And I said, you can go back and start it and watch episode, you know, watch the third movie. I did. And it opens with that funeral again. (laughs) I forgot about that. But uh, I've been I've been telling her because she she's really panicked about the the tonal shift going into next gen, and I said, well, first of all, you've got Netflix. Go watch the animated series because it's all the same. Is it people. on there? Yeah, the animated oh, series is on Netflix that. now. Oh wow, it's all the same people doing the same stuff, and you know, the same writing staff, and we all definitely that should stuff. watch that between I think the series and the motion picture. In my opinion. oh yeah yeah well it's it, I, I I I look at the animated series as season four. Yeah. I really do. Agreed. Um, but then I, I also thought of, I said, go look at some of these because they're, you know, it, it's continuing Star Trek. It's, you know, maybe not exactly what the show was, but the, the, the spirit As close as you're going to get. Yeah. 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 And I appreciate that so much There's that they no got lens, it right. Because Lens Flair's here. As good as the Abrams, <laughs> well, the one Abrams film is, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good. It's it's great. It's 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 revisiting our favorite characters in a different light, but it doesn't have the flavor that these guys have put no. into, into the series. It's they, these guys are doing great. And, and unfortunately it probably take, it's a huge endeavor to do these because I, I mean, I, I turned you guys onto this months and months and months yeah. ago. And there are already mm-hmm. three episodes out, but how many months has it been it's since for that, this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one to come out. And so it, it's probably a huge endeavor for them to put these out. So it's very slow going. You don't get to do, you know, you don't get a week at a time, and you don't get a drop of you know all of the season like you do. On <laughs> yeah, Netflix. no, and even even uh, uh, New Voyages, which has been going, I think for something like ten years, I think has nine episodes out. Yeah, awesome. so it's it's a long, slow process where they you know, and these people have regular jobs. Yeah, and regular yeah they, 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 they're they, doing they, it. They yeah, shoot on a weekend, and I'll tell you, it's it's worth the wait because yeah, you, well, the, yeah, the quality the that really they're putting is. into these productions is is so good, and the visual effects are just continually blown away by how well done they are that they're making when, when they went back and did that revamp and kind of spruced up the effects i was really skittish and nervous about it I was like, how is this going to turn out and they did it beautifully they, they just made things look it's still star trek they just kind of polished the edges just a little bit and all of the effects in this stuff looks like the revamped that's, series. That's yeah. So it, like it all ties in. They haven't gone, as as they did with the series when they redid the special effects, they didn't push the envelope. They didn't go too they far to make it feel it. much different than yeah. what it was. And these guys have done the same thing. They're, they're using a lot of modern technology. They're polishing the effects, but it still has that feel that the original series had. So it's, yeah. Yeah, exceptionally well done across the board. And I hope that we 
get to see Colin in a little more. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I would like to see him do more stuff and pop up just randomly in everything. Of course, I think I feel that way about all the doctors. Well, <laughs> yes, yeah, like, agree. You know. Well, the nice thing is too there the it, it's no wonder that that Colin did this being a fan thing because in the wilderness years there were a lot of Doctor Who fans that were making fan films and oh, and even the fan audios that weren't officially right and so that's the, the the nice thing is these guys would show up from time to time in these because they really you know had this passion to continue this style of storytelling. And so when we go back and, and review some of those things, that and even though they're professional companies, BBV and, and uh, Real Time Productions, those particular things that they, they were involved in, it, it shows that they have this connection to the, the fans of the show and that they're willing to, you know, you know, reach out there because I'm sure they were making very little money doing these oh, things. Yeah. But to be able to be a you know approach an actor that was on a television series that you absolutely loved and say, "We're working on a project, very small scale. It's Would you be involved?" And they say yes, and it's like, well, I mean, even Pertwee did that before he died. I mean, yeah. The last thing he did was act as the Doctor in the fan film that takes place between Patrick Troughton's regeneration and John Pertwee. So. Yeah. More doctors and things. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just, just, yes. Just, just more of that. There's actually a movie. I can't remember what it's called. It has nothing to do with Doctor Who, but it has Peter Davison, Colin Baker, and Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> They're all main characters in it, and I'm really excited to go look at that. That'll be a Beyond the Doctor, Beyond our Beyond the Doctors. <laughs> It'll be a multi-doctor Beyond the Doctor. Yes, that's right. We'll sure start you, doing multi-doctor Beyond you, the Doctor. You sure you don't just want to do it and we'll lock all three of them out at once and call again? <laughs> oh, you've already done two. We've got to do one, we do one McCoy solo project before we do anything. Well, and then we can also go back and do the Hartnell Pertwee movie where they were in yes, the movie yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right. That'd be fun. We'll do that. that be Why fun. not? Yeah. <laughs> As I was talking with the girls and they – took you very seriously and locking us into five more years. Um, I, I, I did point out that there's a lot of material around that could carry us for another five years, but I still wasn't going to lock us into five years. There's a lot of material out there we can do. So what you're saying is... We're no, I'm not saying years. anything. I think he's saying that we got six. No. <laughs> yeah. We got six more years. Well, it's funny because there's, a, okay, there's well, but- <laughs> definitely going to be five more years of big finish. So there's exactly five more years we can do beyond the stuff we still haven't caught up on. Plus, we still haven't finished all the television stories yet. That's true. We still got another we're not, we're season not of up on Doctor the Who finish. coming out. I know. That's what we were just discussing that today. How we are nearly a quarter of the way. I think that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we will be 50, of the main line of the of main, the main line. range. That doesn't count all of the seasons of Companion Chronicles, the special unit stories, Dark Eyes, for that matter, which has four <laughs> seasons. So yeah, we're we've got a lot to do. We've got a lot to do yet. The audiovisuals are still out there that were predated the Big Finish stories and. There's all the novels. All of the novels. Although, I didn't tell you guys, I started Cat's Cradle this week. The first I saw your progress. progress. Yeah. So, anything else you guys want to talk about about Star Trek Continues or Colin Baker's performance I specifically? So. I feel vaguely bad that we we, I, so we much shorted less, him. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I, I didn't mean to. 
just you know. No, Colin no, doesn't seem. If like anybody he's takes the blame, it's me. But uh, the uh, I think the other aspect of this that I I'm looking at it from the yeah we shorted Colin, but we got a lot of love for these guys doing this story because you saw the three gals that reviewed this, all three of them liked it. Yeah, and are wanting more. So yeah. for for one thing, we introduced another you know media or genre to to. The listeners. The fandom. And, well, I'll take yeah. credit for that all day, well, every day. <laughs> I mean, even uh, Rachel wasn't as familiar, but Chrissy, she didn't. Yeah, she just recently she, did yeah. the, the classic series, and I think Holly's familiar with the classic series. So, you know, even if it didn't just introduce somebody to that fandom, it, it, it certainly brought people to another medium and, and brought some attention to something else that's going on. And lovely Colin was a huge part of that. I mean, yeah. it's bringing it some them. No, I guess I, I thoroughly enjoy, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thoroughly enjoyed Colin in this. Uh, nothing but praise, you know, across the board here. And some of Colin's other works are a little harder to find too. Yes. Yeah, so. that, that was the nice thing about was, this: was is you didn't right have to do a lot of searching. <laughs> it, was, it was just there and available. So, well, that does wrap up uh, our Beyond the Doctors for 2015. Um, because we have obviously con season starting and new Doctor Who starting and all kinds of other stuff, uh, so we're going to put a, put the brakes on this particular set of uh, of ideas until next year, and then uh, we'll start up and we're going to completely throw you because we'll do the seventh Doctor in January. We won't wait until <laughs> July, um, but uh, so we'll we'll start back up then. So that gives us a good six months to think of what or what on earth could we possibly do that Sylvester McCoy has been in. <laughs> We are not doing the Hobbit. <laughs> All three. We are not. All three. Uh, Sylvester McCoy is Extended in the editions. This, Sylvester McCoy is in the Hobbit. When you count all three less films, than Colin less than Colin lives. Lives. <laughs> per capita. Per capita. I don't even think that. I may have been in less than. <laughs> he had a pretty huge chunk of the first movie. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of large fun. chunk of the first movie. It was a lot of fun, but now we'll, 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 that'll give us six months to figure something yes, out. Yes. Now we've got eight and probably nine and probably ten and probably eleven worked out already. So I think and we're, we're watching probably twelve. Think of it for twelve, so we're good. <laughs> but we we'll uh, have to seven might give us. We'll a have to censor that episode. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not for the kiddies. Big old flag on that. <laughs> but. Um, so yeah, so we hope you've enjoyed this, and uh, and uh, we'll we'll continue to join in for things like this. Next week, jumping segueing into the schedule, uh, we will finish off the two doctors. Wait, Sean, what do we have coming up on the schedule? Oh, do you feel better now? I do. Coming up next on the schedule, we'll finish off the two doctors this week for Friday Night Who with part three. So it'll be a lighter week. Um, and I'm so bummed. I was really looking forward to this. <laughs> well, I, I, didn't real- I didn't realize how much I was looking forward to this until we got done and the water and everything in the basement was like, oh, I could blow it off. And then James showed up and was like, now i got to find it. Okay. You know. <laughs> and then I couldn't find it. And it was like, oh, no. So um, part three this week. Uh, and then more big finish on the show next week. We're going to be doing Project Lazarus Yay. and Arrangements for War. So it's number 45 and number 57 of the main range. And for the record, Project Lazarus is a sequel to Project Twilight. Yes, which is number 23. So you may want to, uh, you know, refresh. I don't know that you need to, but you may want to. I have listened to it, and I will say it has given – I had forgotten almost nearly all the events of Project Twilight. (laughs) Which is why I went and re-listened to it. As I listened to Project Lazarus, though, I felt like, oh, okay, everything kind of came back as I listened to it. So it does a really good job of 
flagging back to some of the, th- the events. So I'm doomed and I need to go back. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did a really good job of, well, of, of I, I re- remembering as, have, as I having listened. I listened to Project Twilight before I listened to Lazarus. And having listened to it, I think Glenn's right, is you don't absolutely have to. There are a few – go read the synopses and read what happens at yeah. the end of the episode. Okay. And to refresh yourself. So right. you've listened – you've already listened to the um, – Even the, the end of the episode yeah. came yeah. back to me immediately when we, yeah, when we got into the story. To, so. yeah. 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 Fun. And it's ma- basically two major events in that carryover. Cool. Uh, the following week on 619 – no. Yes. 619, uh, Chris Ruckelson, Father's Day. For uh, Friday Night Who, and then because that weekend is that weekend is Father's, Father's Day. Day, so we'll be doing uh, Great Fathers in Doctor Who. So we've got two weeks to uh, to send in your your official ballot for who is the who is a great about, father. In about Doctor great who. fathers that love Doctor Who. Well, you'd be at the top of that list. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Only because Aww. you've introduced your kids to it. That's right. See, you know that's, that's right. That's and teaching them right. right <laughs> Parenting done right. Parenting done right. Uh, yeah. So that'll be fun. Uh, and then... Um, Grandfathers and grandfathers. And grandfathers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be awesome if that was the week that we got confirmation they were bringing Susan back? <laughs> that would be so cool. Maybe that's some fore- foreshadowing since we're so, the show's so serendipitous. I'm calling it now, man. <laughs> this show drips Claiming serendipity. It now. Easter Saturday. Um, serendipity. Serendipity. <laughs> that sounds like a condition. <laughs> You've got a bit of serendipity there on your wall. I like it. He had a bunch of serendipity in his basement. <laughs> and then rounding out June uh, the 26th is William Hartnell in the Aztecs for Friday Night Who. And then we'll be doing a couple of Paul McGann Eighth Doctor Adventures. Number five, Phobos, and number six, No More Lies. And number six, the return to the Aztecs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be absolutely no crossover. There's whatsoever. no crossover correlation. There's just we hadn't done Hartnell in a whatsoever. while. We hadn't done the Aztecs in a while. And, and I love the Aztecs. You love the Aztecs. Love, we we needed a love, um, love, love. you know. I needed a reason to go purchase the special edition. Yeah, and we and we and we needed something that we've already done a review on, so that we can do audio. So I was like, yes, okay, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And it's on Netflix, so you can. Easily and go it's watch on it. Netflix, so it's fairly easy to obtain. So that's up for June. More stuff as we get it. And we can't beg you enough. I mean, ask you enough to <laughs> support us on Patreon. Um, Thank you so much to everybody who is and has supported us on yes, Patreon. That yes. has. We cannot say how much it means. Yeah, to us. It, it, it is a, a phenomenal, a phenomenal thing that that uh, that means a lot to us and enables us to do a lot of stuff, which we greatly appreciate in production with uh, continuing on with this show. That being said, we do need more Patreon supporters, so there might be a pledge show on the horizon. Might be one coming. Might so. be one coming. I mean, we've got five more years to plan for. So, <laughs> and the budget for. We need a budget for. That's the budget. That's what I'm most. We're, 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 we're going to look ahead on like our great state and plan and budget. Yeah. Oh, and um, well, we're we're actually going to figure out how to get money. <laughs> Tax plan. Can't we, can't we, yeah, can't we just cut our expenditures like our budget. state? Oh wait, <laughs> just just cut expenditures and taxes for the rich. I tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> if you make a lot of money and you listen to this show, we're not going to ask you for any money. But if you make the bare minimum and you really can't afford it, 
We're going to ask you for the money. It's the Kansas that's way. The Kansas that's way. the Kansas way. Sorry. No. <laughs> All right. No politics. Politics out of it. Um, and if you do make a lot of money <laughs> and would like to throw some of it our way, yes. we certainly wouldn't complain. You also have the option of uh, – there's a Kickstarter for Star Trek Continues. Uh, so if you want to throw some their way as well so yes. they can well, continue to yes. define things, uh, them, show by all means, show some love there. Spread the love around. But uh, I think that is that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. And I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. You see you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.